0: What were you wanting to do when you ran for county commission?
1: Well, there was two primary things. One was trash, solid waste. I felt the system was broken. We had a decal system. I called it the restricted access to where you need to put your trash. Right. And I wanted to change that system. And it is changing now. Finally, it's taken me all this time. I was on the short end of a couple of six-to-one boats, (laughs) but kept plodding away. And I think people have realized that we need to fix it. The other thing was just fiscal responsibility. I've always been... Little to the right of Jesse Helms, some have <laughs> accused me. But I'm very conservative. I've always wanted to save taxpayers' money. But I understand the county's growing. We've got to provide services. People expect those services. But I'd like to see it done in a way that's not a waste of taxpayers' money. Too often, when somebody's not spending their own money, they get a little overboard.
2: Welcome to another episode of Best of Johnston County, brought to you by Breeden Law Office. Our host, Jonathan Breeden, an experienced family lawyer with a deep connection to the community is ready to take you on a journey through the area that he has called home for over 20 years. Whether it's a deep dive into the love locals have for the county or unraveling the complexities of family law, Best of Johnston County presents an authentic slice of this unique community.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best of Johnson County Podcast. I'm your host Jonathan Breeden, and today we have a special guest with us, County Commissioner Ted Godwin. Welcome, Ted.
1: Glad to be here, Johnson.
0: Golly, we've known each other for basically the whole 23 years I've been living here in Johnson County. You've lived in Johnson County a lot longer than, than that, but you were one of you, and you, particularly your wife, were one of some of the first people I met when I came here many, many years ago. She was working at Four Oaks Bank and was sort of my banker who helped yeah. me get a lot of this stuff set up out here at 4042 when I came here in October of 2000 and met you shortly thereafter. And I think you were in banking as well. That's right. I'm uh, retired. Long before you got into being the politics of it. So I guess for some of our listeners who, a lot of people that listen to this are new to Johnston County and might not know Ted and everything you do, just tell little where you, you know, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Just sure. sort, of, sort of a biographical background.
1: I was born and raised in Johnson County in the Glendale community over near Kenley, went to high school, the old Glendale high school. It consolidated. We were the first consolidation in 1965. I was a junior at North Johnston, second graduating class. Went to NC state, didn't quite finish the degree because uncle Sam was interested in me, Okay. so I spent some time in the military. Came back, went to school in engineering, but wound up going into banking and was a banker for 42 years.
0: Man, you were with KS Bank?
1: I started out with First Union Wilson. From there, I got moved to Southern Pines. That's where I met Donna. Okay. Uh, From there to Newbern and then back here almost 30 years ago.
0: Oh, my goodness. How about that?
1: So, and then y'all had some children. Yeah, we've got three boys.
0: Right. And they're They're all all grown. They're all grown
1: now. Four four grand, five grandkids. Oh, my goodness. Do your boys still live in Johnson County? Uh, Yes, one of them has already graduated. He's a dentist. He's living in the western part of the state. Oh, Uh, cool. My uh, granddaughter has just graduated from East Carolina. The little boys, I call them, they're two eighth graders and a sixth grader. And one's at the Innovation Academy and the other two at North Johnston Middle.
0: Okay. So you still have a lot of skin in the game with your grandchildren in the public schools in Johnston. I even pulled
1: the chains at the middle school football game this year.
0: Oh, (laughs) I, I tell you what, that's awesome. So I guess when did you decide? I mean, I guess. Before you became a commissioner, you were pretty involved in varying c- community activities. You and I did some volunteer work together. What were some of those things you did, you know, before we get into when you actually became a commissioner?
1: Well, I've always been involved. My dad was, was involved in community development years ago, back in the 50s and 60s. And he started Boy Scout Troop and Little League, that sort of thing. But I guess it's in my blood. But I've always been involved in local civic clubs, uh, Kiwanis or, or Rotary. I was a Rotarian for over 30 years. And near the end of my banking career, my boss, man, and a couple of important people I thought here in Johnston County urged me to run for commissioner. And there were several issues on my plate that I wanted to address. And I did. I ran and got soundly defeated that first year.
0: Yeah. When was that?
1: That was in 2008.
0: 2008. Right. I, was, I, I remember that campaign. And, I was uh, running
1: against an incumbent and uh, he was a good guy and I, I had no nothing against him, but we were in the same district and so I ran and got defeated, but I got my feet wet and got to know a, a little bit about what was going on. And so I ran unopposed un, uh, in 2012. And I did have opposition in 16 and 20. Thought I would hang it up, but there's still some things I need to see through.
0: Right. Because I mean, you've been on there now. I mean, this is your 12th year as a commissioner. You're coming to the end of your third four-year term. Right. And I know you filed for, for re-election. There's going to be a primary on March the 5th mm-hmm. of 2024 in just a few weeks. This primary is going to be coming up. And uh, you're going to be asking for the voters to give you another uh, four-year term. Right. And there's no Democrat in the race. So the winner of the primary is going to, be, is going to win the race. And that's right. how it is often in Johnson County with local elections and yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's just where it is right now in Johnston right. County, and we'll let the listeners decide whether they think that's a good thing or a bad thing. But fortunately, we don't have two parties in this in this county that are pretty are, that are very active. So the primaries is where it's at. Yeah. But you know, people have different opinions even within the Republican Party as to what that's right. should should happen. So what were those things you wanted to do? when you first run in 2008? I remember because I remember you working on the campaign. I talked to you during that campaign, but just tell the people that weren't here then, what were you wanting to do when you ran for county commissioner?
1: Well, there was two primary things. One was trash, solid waste. I felt the system was broken. We had a decal system i called it the restricted access to where you need to put your trash right and i wanted to change that system and it is changing now finally it's taking me all this time i was on the short end of a couple of six to one votes, <laughs> but kept plodding away and i think people have realized that we need to fix it the other thing was just fiscal responsibility i've always been a little to the right of jesse helms some have accused me but i'm very conservative i've always wanted to save taxpayers money But understand the county's growing. We've got to provide services. People expect those services, but I'd like to see it done in a a way that's not a waste of taxpayers' money. Too often, when somebody's not spending their own money, they get a little overboard.
0: Right. No, you're right about that. And so tell tell the listeners a little bit about how the new trash decal system is going to work. I went to the solid waste site on Barber Mill the other day, and I didn't have a decal. And I had some old picture frames and they're like, you're gonna have to go to the dump itself because yeah. you don't have a decal and that doesn't qualify as recycling here. Right. So I drove to Smithfield to the dump and put the picture frames into the being at the yeah. dump. And, I, and they didn't even charge me the $5, which was very nice to the yeah. lady at the dump. She's like, you got three picture frames. I'll, I'll let you just do well, it. That's, but
1: That's very inefficient. We need to do better than that. In other counties, I had seen where my son, when he was in college in Pitt County, they didn't have the restricted access. And I have some land in another county in the western part of the state, and it's just a line item on my tax bill. Right. And I thought, well, that's maybe the best way to do it. I, I equate it to education. I've had kids in the school system, I don't have any now, but I still pay taxes. That's the biggest part of my tax dollars for education. Right. The county's better off to have a good education system. Right. I think the county's better off to have a good trash system. Right. And people say, well, I, I live in town. They'll. We haven't worked out the details yet, but the people in town won't pay the same thing that I'll pay out in the county. And the other thing is people that pay to have someone pick up their trash, they don't use a convenience site. So it's right. a non-issue. But that's like sending your kid to private school. It's your option.
0: Correct. You still got to pay
1: your Correct. Correct. Taxes, even when you do that. So.
0: Correct. Well, and I and I have Anchor Disposable, which is a good right. Johnson County-based business right, right out here, and they're based right here at forty forty-two. They pick up the trash at my house. I know there's there are other plenty of private trash haulers out here as well. So, but my understanding is the convenience sites are going to be open to everybody. And what is the go live date on that?
1: We're not sure on that. Um, okay. Well, I, I'll take that back after. July 1, there won't be any decals. Okay. You might say that's the go live date. Okay. All right. And obviously when more people are bringing trash, someone raised the question one time, says, well, you're going to get a lot more trash then. I said, wow. Right. Think about that. That's what we want. We want the trash where it belongs. Correct. Correct. And we'll have to expand some sites and look at maybe create, we don't want to create a bottleneck or anything like that.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And the I know that there's, they're, they're kind of landlocked there, at the one on Barber Mill, which is where I go. And you don't have to have a decal even now for the listeners. If you want to recycle metals or TVs or computers or any like that, they're, they're, the recycling is included. You just can't drop off general waste. And right. so that same day that they sent me to the dump with the picture frames that they determined was general waste, I was able to drop off some cardboard boxes and some scrap metal that that we did that was at my house but yeah i still had to go to the thing but i'll be happy to see that's going to be good and hopefully the lady that won't sell you the land next to the one next to barber mill at some point (laughs) will do that because i know that site definitely needs to be expanded and that's the one that i think um, we're moving forward on that yeah well that that's great that's great and of course now people listen is johnson county is very blessed that we have a landfill that has still got almost 99 years of active yeah. use about it. So, you know, we don't have a landfill capacity problem that they have in some other areas. Right. They're having a mess in Fayetteville right now, if you want to Google about that, because they need a new one. And where do you want to put it? Nobody wants a landfill.
1: Not in we're, my back, no,
0: we're very fortunate in Johnston County mm-hmm. to have the landfill we have and the solid waste team we have. And 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 our convenience centers are nice. The people that work there are extremely helpful. And the people at the dump. the few times I've been there have been very helpful too. So yeah. I think we've done a we've done a pretty good job with that. We've done a lot. I mean, I'm a big fan of the county commissioners in this county. You know, y'all could go back and listen. Patrick Harris was on a few weeks ago. His thing. I think y'all really done a, a good job. I always talk about what a good job I think Rick Hester has done as the county manager. We had Adrian O'Neill on a few weeks ago with the Parks Department, and you know bringing him on and everything he's trying to do, I think has been has been really good. Let's talk a little bit about the budget. People don't know a ton about their their county budget. The county budget is now more than $200 million.
1: More than $300 million. More
0: than $300 million. Yeah, it's about
1: $350 million this year. We locked, dropped the tax rate by $0.04 cents because of the growth. It afforded us that opportunity to do that. And obviously, it's the taxpayer's money, and we have to be fiscally responsible with that money. But we've got a lot of things going on in such a growing county. We've just finished the, uh, I don't want to say jail, the detention center. <laughs> right, right. And, and it's a its a very nice facility without being overboard. I cautioned them about that. We don't need a Taj Mahal. We just need something functional and efficient right. and appropriate. Right. And we're fixing to go live with the 911 center being moved out to the public safety center adjacent to the detention center. We have a strong need for DSS building. Yes. That's something we're looking at right now that's the next thing on the agenda really and of course the the big thing we're dealing with on our agenda don't want to get away from the budget but is the land use plan right if i run into people as i run into people out in the county the biggest complaint i hear is growth right how do you slow growth how do you stop growth right i grew up here i used to play baseball at the old cleveland high school here when there was nothing around there right right so i've seen a big change and i'd yeah i would love to see it change back to what it was that'll never happen i'd love to see growth slow down some people say if you're not growing you're dying i'm not sure i buy into that i think you can grow without getting bigger get better right the land use plan the way it's laid out is a very good plan if we properly translate that into meaningful ordinances that can make it work right right that plan if you've looked at it pushes density towards the towns correct allows them to grow retains as much open space as possible. Right, But a lot of people have a misconception that why don't you just stop allowing subdivisions? Well, the number one political philosophy I have is freedom. And when someone's got a piece of land, I can't go tell him that he can't build a house on his land. Now, we can put in some parameters that if you're gonna turn that tobacco field into houses, we can control the density because it impacts the infrastructure, the water, sewer, if there's sewer. The the traffic, the highways, right, all of those things get it, be, it becomes a community issue then, and not a private right property owner situation.
0: Right, right. No, you're absolutely right, and and I think people, you know, being a lawyer and and knowing how these ordinances work and how zoning works, you know, if somebody comes with a plan and it meets the zoning and the ordinance requirements, you can't really vote it down, no. or they're going to sue you.
1: That's right. And,
0: and they're going to win. And they're going to win. Go ask the town of Smithfield about that. I mean, they have been sued multiple times in the last couple of years, and they have lost every single time and it spent a lot of money of the Smithfield citizens' taxes defending lawsuits where they lost. The last one they lost was over whether there could be an RV park on the backside of the outlets that backed up to a neighborhood over near triple s high school and they lost that one and so it is yeah it is difficult and so i think people just think well the commissioner should just not not approve any subdivisions well that's not that's not legal and that's not realistic that's right and people have the right to live where they want to live and people want to live in Johnston county and to me that's a good thing i mean i'm glad people want to live here and i think the commissioners and the citizens of this county have made it a place where people do want to live.
1: Yeah, it's we've had so many things on on our, our plate to deal with. Uh, a lot of people don't even realize it's a big deal to us to get a triple A bond rating. Since since 1999, the county has experienced eight upgrades in our bond rating. Why is that important? We borrow a lot of money because we build a lot of schools because of the growth. And when you borrow money, that AAA bond rating is important. We've saved millions and millions of dollars in interest cost because of that bond rating. Right. And we, the most recent one we put forward for the school system was, I think it was twenty or thirty million. That I mean, that we sold, and we got that AAA bond rating finally.
0: Right. Right. And and I know the commissioners had been working on that for over twenty years. Yeah. Uh, they had been working on trying to get a AAA bond rating, and that allows you to borrow money as cheaply as possible that's because right. it's telling the investors who are buying the bonds that this is a well-run county; it is going to pay its bills. It's almost like having an 800 credit score yeah. for you know if you're a citizen, you know, sort of that's that's considered a perfect right. credit score. And if you can get a AAA bond rating, it's telling the investors in these bonds that you can you know, you can trust this county is gonna make its payments, and that's a good investment.
1: One of the things that has kept us from getting that in times past was one of the things that was really hard to change. The metric was the average family income in the county. And that's hard to change over a period of time. And through the efforts of our Economic Development Office, Chris Johnson has done a great job. Yes, And the commissioner's creating a business-friendly environment since 2014, 2015. We've added not millions, but billions of dollars in economic growth, jobs, high paying jobs, and there'd be more to come in the future. They haven't been announced yet. And that has really afforded us the opportunity to get that triple bond rating.
0: Well, and the commissioners have been, and I was fortunate to spend two years on the economic development committee of Mm -hmm. the county that the commissioners placed that put me on that committee and I was on that from 20 to 2022. And we, we worked on the incentives and the sort of the tax incentives that that help recruit the business. And I worked with Chris Johnson. And I think the commissioners put me on there because I kept complaining about these tax kickbacks <laughs> that they were giving. And, and I think they were like, I, I, think, I think the commissioners were like, well, you keep complaining about it. We'll put you on there and let you actually learn and see who we're competing with and what we have to do. And now I don't give them a hard time anymore. And I think that's probably, I think they're
1: happy. Their lab's the best commission vote they ever made. People (laughs) need to understand that we're not giving anything away. We're just reduced. Well, the the competitive aspect requires that we do this. But when someone pays us a dollar in taxes and we give them back as part of this incentive, 90 cent that first year, well, we're still getting 10 cent that we didn't have. Right. And after a few years, we'll be getting the whole dollar and keeping it. So we're not giving away anything from the coffers. It's their own money. Well, and, and we've been fortunate that, that we've
0: been able to get some of the investment we have. You know, you had the Novo Nordisk, the Novo Nordisk expansion that is mm-hmm. now up and running 95 acres under roof, over $2 billion in just the expansion. That To give you all an idea of what that is, That at the time that Novo did that was the largest single private investment in the history of North Carolina. That's right. And it really added to the tax base for the county without sending people to school. And it doesn't need food stamps and welfare services and DSS services. And that's where commercial is so important. And it added a lot of jobs that are paying an average of around $70,000, which is really good money. And they're talking about building another plant now that they're going to maybe close that road that mm-hmm. where it goes through there Powhatan, and be able to connect both sides of their thing and they brought an entire line from Germany I think there so it, I mean that's a that's a huge thing for Johnson County Griffles has been expanding they're, they're going they've gone across the railroad tracks now they're doing a tremendous job these are high-paying jobs that are good for the county good for our citizens these are good products they're making life-saving products
1: and right here with our citizens and there's other things happening not only in that hub around clayton but down towards four oaks and over of course in selma a lot of things are happening there the workforce development center that the the commissioners helped bring into being 25 years ago has been wonderful as far as griffles and novo and the, the pharmaceutical campus is there but we've we're just starting another similar product but it's high-tech manufacturing training center in four oaks in four
0: Oaks, that's right in the yeah. old Four Oaks bank buildings
1: well it in was, that
0: general area i guess
1: actually it's right near the ramp going off of 95 there forks right okay they have, yeah. they've got some land and we've gotten a grant from the, the state the county's putting up some money we're going to build something similar to the workforce development center in clayton right it will be tailored towards high-end high-tech manufacturing
0: right right that I, I did i had read about that that's really good and then they're building a bunch of new warehouse Flex space down around Benson, right near I-95 and 40, that's coming there. We've got some brand new industrial flex space here. Right here at forty forty two on forty two, that's just getting finished. That's going to be going to allow some small businesses that need need flat industrial flex space to come here, and we're excited about that. It's also got some out parcels, and, and that's going to add jobs to Johnson County yep. as well. And you know, we, when we had, if you go back to episode one, we had Paul Flaherty of HDR Commercial, and we talked a little bit. The Copper District is coming to Clayton, and and that's going to be basically something that looks like North Hills. Yeah. right there in Clayton on highway 40 on highway 42 I mean you're talking, and, you know you talk about transformative projects you know
1: yeah you're talking about what they refer to as class a office space and that's correct high-end stuff
0: right and and it's gonna have and and I think it's gonna have some industrial in the back and it's going to have it's, it's a little bit like it's middle of north Hills was Riverwood there's going to be places to live retail below townhouses above maybe a 10-story building and we'll see if they stick with that but I mean it's gonna be I, I think it's going to be I, I don't know, I'm excited I mean ex- yeah. you know I find this fascinating I know a lot of people are like this is all this growth but like jobs and investment and giving places for our citizens to work I think it's great
1: you know I've served on the interstate well we now we call it the interstate 42 42 yeah. Highway 70 Carter Commission for several years now and that's a consortium of counties between here and, and uh, Carteret County it really has to do with Eastern North Carolina connectivity to improve economic development. But we're one of the few counties that's got three interstates going right here through, through where we are.
0: Right. Right. Well, right. Because we have and we have the two of the biggest interstates in the entire country right. intersect right here yeah. in Benson. And then we're getting this, I guess, this new interstate, 42, that they'll be building over the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And that's going to add economic development, too, because it's going to make it easier to get pro- products from the ports into the center of the state. And those are gonna come through Johnston County as you know, well.
1: The, the good thing about Johnston County, we've had all of this growth and all of these things going on. I can still get on my bicycle and ride 25 miles in the country roads near where I live and meet two cars. Right, that's excellent.
2: Yeah. Have family law questions? Need guidance to navigate legal challenges? The compassionate team at Breeden Law Office is here to help. Visit us at www.breedenfirm.com for practical advice resources or to book a consultation remember when life gets messy you don't have to face it alone
0: let's talk a little bit about the park As mm-hmm. listeners that listen to this if you listen to the episode with adrian o'neill the county parks and Rec director the county has, has purchased this land here at polenta government road to build a the cleveland community park or a, it's going to be the first county park i know you voted for that what what do you see you know what do you see as a timeline? Everybody, you know, it's 30 to $50 million to build it is the quote I've seen. What's a timeline for the citizens to see that part come into fruition?
1: That's a good question. And I guess it depends on how you approach it and what you get developed to start with. Obviously, we're not going to put anything out there like a Shrek the first year. Right, right. But something that would, in our studies with the feedback we've gotten from, from the input of citizens, the passive recreation that you would see in a, a park, walking trails, right. things for kids to do and that sort type of thing. That'll probably be first. I uh, don't know all the intricacies. We've got a lot going on. It's hard to remember the exact things. I do know it, it raised my eyebrows when they talked about that kind of money. Right. But if the people are willing to vote for a bond issue, that's right. really the only way you could afford something like that. Right. Right. And of course, our people do a good job of meshing that need into the other needs that we have and prioritize them in, and pacing those bond offerings in line with our repayment schedule so that we retain a solid financial footing.
0: Right. Well, you can only run bonds under North Carolina law in even numbered Mm -hmm. years. That's right. There's not going to be a bond on the March 5th primary ballot. Is there a chance that there would be a Parks bond on the November general election ballot for Johnston County?
1: I'm not sure. The commissioners hadn't, hadn't made that decision yet there's been a lot of uh, requests having to do with not only school needs, but JCC, the college needs. right? And we're looking at all that. And again, trying to prioritize it within the, the financial framework that we're forced to deal right. with. Do you support
0: building JCC, a new campus in Clayton in the land that the railroad gave there at 42 and 70 that also I think Novo may have had some ownership in too?
1: I can't say that I support that because from what I understand, the cost to develop that land because of the nature of the soil would be prohibitive. I'm not against them getting a, a Clayton campus. Uh, I think the college does a great job and can do a better job offering what kids need to get ahead in life. Not everybody needs a four year college right. uh, experience. And I've seen from my own family, you know, I had a, a nephew that graduated second in his class in high school, got a scholarship, full ride. When he got out with a chemical degree, he needed to, wanted to go to work at Griffles. Well, he needed to go to JCC to get a lab certificate. Right,
0: right, right. I, you know, and for everybody that doesn't know, I don't think Griffles or Gnovo or cares what degree you have. Almost everybody to go to work there has to go take the Intro to Bioworks class, which is a one-semester class that is similar to a high school chemistry class that talks about what they do in the manufacturing process and the clean suits they wear. I mean, they look like astronauts and they have to go through air chambers and all that because they're making injectables that are in IV bags that, and Mm -hmm. it has to be completely clean because you don't want anything to get into those, get into those IV bags that gets injected into you. And that's one of the programs that that they offer there at the Workforce Development Center in Clayton. And that's a, that's a tremendous thing. And if you go do one semester (coughs) there, it's, I think it meets a couple of nights a week last time I saw it cost like $500. It really wasn't yeah. that expensive. And you could go get a job at Griffles and Novo. And I mean, they pay $25, $30 an hour just to, for just about anything there. Yeah. I mean, so so they really, and they're always looking to hire people. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about changing careers, right. think about think about going and calling JCC and looking about getting into Bioworks. Yeah. So you don't know if there'll be a parks bond in 2024 because There's know. other parks needs other than this one part. Right. There's the mountains That's to the right. sea trail, uh, you know, there's stuff like that. But I was just curious because I've, I've never seen we get a straight answer as I talked to commissioners as will we have it this year or not?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know yet. I'd, I'd have to defer. I'm only one of those, those seven guys. But in listening to your previous podcast with our Parks Recreation Director, Adrian O'Neill, who does a great job, we were most fortunate to get him. I don't know how There's other things that come into play. For example, the open space fund that he talked about. How will that be impacted by our land use plan when we adjust those ordinances? I don't know if that'll stimulate that or slow it down. All of that would factor into the monies available that we've been used to having available. Right. But to get to that point, I think we're going to have to have some type of bond issue. But it may need to be broader than just there in Cleveland. That's important because we've identified a site and and a plan. Right. But there's other areas in the county that might need similar attention.
0: Right. What about going back to the sort of fire tax type plan that got promoted a few years ago? You were on the board when they had the the meetings out here at right. Cleveland High School where they were gonna create a four cent tax for the Cleveland Township mm-hmm. out here. And it would follow the fire tax district and the fire taxes, whatever it is, eight or nine cents. Right. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but and it would and that would be used to build this park. I mean, it's a different version of the park, but a park in this community where where the citizens here would actually pay for it and maybe not the rest of the citizens in the county.
1: Yeah, we got some good feedback from that meeting. And I was in favor of going forward and allowing the citizens to vote on that. Right. People in that area wanted to vote on it and experience that tax increase and, and experience the park. Great. I was all for that. I wasn't necessarily in favor of us arbitrarily putting it in place when I knew there was a lot of opposition against it. Right.
0: Well, and then we find out that the law is you can't really That's put right. that
1: to a vote. That's right. <laughs> that, that wasn't
0: something that could actually be voted on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I'm just happy that the land got preserved. I'm, I'm happy yeah. that Michael Knott and Denton Lee and Scott Jaynes, you know, bought that land as private citizens and sort of held it to the county, could get the grants and buy it. You know, we're very fortunate. I, I've talked about being on the first call, I went to Rick Hester's office and him and I called the lady that owned the land because yeah. she was trying to give the county the 13 acres across the street. And I'd been out there to look at it. And Rick had been out there to look at it. And we were like, it's right. It's, it's it's not level and it's full of stumps. And like, but we knew she had the other one. And I was like, and I just asked her, and I was like, would you be willing to consider selling us, selling us the 80 acres on this side of the street? And she said, well, maybe, and and that you know, the and the rest is kind of history, and, and so she did, and you know, we were fortunate to get that, and I think it's going to be great. It, it may not get built in the next five years, but I, I think it will get done, and and they're going to redo the main GCA campus across the fire department as part of that entire process, but it's going to take some time.
1: And I think it's a good uh, uh, starting point that may. Duplicate itself in other parts of the county because there's a lot of other parts that right. are growing. Right, well, so what, Um, we're starting to run out of time. I could talk to Ted Goblin
0: for hours, but w- what is you excited about moving forward here? Like, like I mean, you're, you're running for another four year term. What, what is you excited? Why, why do you want to do this? What is you excited about Johnston County?
1: Well, I'd really like to see, you know, we've worked hard on this land use plan. And while I understand having been a banker, I understand the need for growth, but also grew up here and I'd sure like to see it preserved as much as possible. But I'd like to see that Landy's plan really come to fruition through some good, solid, meaningful, I don't know how to say it best, but managed growth. Right. You know, some people say when you say managed growth, that translates into stopping growth. Right, right, um, right. But I think there's ways that we can compromise and, and bring about a suitable end that everybody can live with good and feel good about it.
0: Okay. You know? All right. Well that's cool. And I guess the last question I'll ask you is you've been you've been here your whole life, you raised your family, you've been an elected official for twelve years. What do you love most about Johnston County?
1: That's easy. The people. The people here. Not you know, we've got a culture here. I've lived in in maybe maybe I shouldn't say this in Johnston, <laughs> high Yankee areas. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I lived in the Pinehurst area a while, and (laughs) the people here don't adhere to that P word, pushy.
0: Right, right. People in
1: Johnston County are are just good people. Right, right. And we've seen we've developed a culture and the people that come here, and we've got a lot of people that come here from other places, they fall into that culture. Right. And I just just love being here.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if people want to learn more about you and, I guess, your campaign, how do they reach out to you?
1: Well, I, I don't have a campaign spot but I do have a Facebook, Ted okay. Godwin for Johnson County Commissioner Facebook page.
0: All right. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, we'll thank Ted Godwin for coming in and being our guest today on the Best of Johnson County podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, if you do us the favor of liking or following or subscribing to this podcast, wherever you were seeing it, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or if you're seeing any of the links on TikTok or Instagram or, or the Breed and Law social media pages so that you'll be aware of future episodes of the, of the Best of Johnson County podcast. There are new episodes that are put up every Monday. So every Monday, come back and look and see which guests we have that week. I think you will find the guests that we've had. If you go back and listen to the, some of the ones previously and the ones coming up to be very interesting. If you love Johnson County as much as I love Johnson County, this is the podcast for you. So till next time, I'm your host, Jonathan Breeden. Thanks a lot.
2: That's the end of today's episode of Best of Johnston County, a show brought to you by the trusted team at Breeden Law Office. We thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to sharing more interesting facets of this community next week. Every story, every viewpoint, adds another thread to the rich tapestry of Johnston County. If the legal aspects highlighted raise some questions, help is just around the corner at www.breedenfirm.com.